Sidious Max coverage of the 2023 World Championships is presented by ASICS. We'll be bringing you tons of coverage from Budapest with our nine-person team in Hungary. Sidious Mag Live, our daily talk show with athletes, coaches, and any notable people in town for the championships, will be back, and you'll be able to watch that every day on the Sidious Mag YouTube channel at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time in the United States or 2 p.m. local time in Budapest. Kyle Merber, Caitlin Hutchinson, and myself will be getting you tons of interviews from the mix zone when we're at the stadium. After all of the action wraps up for the day, head back over to the Sidious Mag YouTube channel to watch our post-race show featuring me, Kyle, Caitlin, David McCarthy, and Jasmine Todd. That show will be available to listen to in podcast form at the end of every day. Lots more on the Sidious Mag Instagram, Threads page, and Twitter. We'll be rounding up all of the best content onto SidiousMag.com, so get ready for the best track and field coverage around the best meet of the year. We wouldn't be able to go this hard without ASICS support. Visit ASICS.com as well, since they've got a bunch of special styles of their Metaspeed Sky and Metaspeed Edge just for the World Championships. We love track and field. All right, it's finally here. The 2023 World Championships are upon us. Chris Chavez is here with Kyle Merber to preview all of the sprints action, and we're going to work our way uh, up in distance, and then we'll release part two, which will be a distance preview. So, uh, you know, and it's actually kind of cool, Kyle, because the hundreds are arguably probably the best event to watch at these world championships in my opinion uh let's start ladies first which is i think the must watch event of this world championships coming into this one shelly ann fraser price is the defending champion but she got a slower start to the season because of a knee injury and now you've got Sha'Carri richardson julian alfred uh sharika jackson as possible contenders for the for the gold medal this one, I feel like you could run this race 10 different times and come out with like eight different outcomes. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you get this idea of a deep race is not necessarily a good race. It's like anyone could win. It's wide open. But like this is a, a good example of there's so many fast women here that it's deep, it's wide open, but the winning time is going to be ridiculous. Also, it's like there's many different ways that these women run the 100 where it's like you have uh shakari being like the hard closer you have uh sharika being the person who takes it out hard from from the start and so you know i think the advantage kind of goes to someone like shelly ann who hasn't shown her cards against the other top competition shakari enters with a lot of good momentum especially taking down sharika jackson at a diamond league we haven't had a gold medal coming from the United States or even like any medal at the last two global championships in the women's hundred. I think this is the time that, you know, Shakari has is the best chance of a U.S. woman cracking that top three, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, the person we haven't even mentioned is Marie Jose Talou, who has been on fire this entire season. Yeah, there's there's just so many storylines, and I feel like the season arc for everyone just converging on one day in Budapest is really interesting. Think of how many more times Julian Alfred has raced this year versus Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, and yet there's only one that will matter. I do think that Shakari is without a doubt the U.S.'s best odds. She dominated USA's, but you know, 
pulling out of a race, you know, makes you a little bit nervous. Who knows what's happening? I think she's healthy and fine. She was racing a bunch after USA's initially. Um, And I do think like, just, I want to just say this. If I had to guarantee that one person's getting a medal, I'm going with Talu. Okay. And she's due. I mean, she's been fourth so many times. this I would feel so bad if she doesn't come away with a medal this time. She's right been now. so consistent this year. I do feel like that's what it's going to be about. Who knows? Um, you know, we have a lot of X factors involved, but she's been super consistent. So I do really like her odds. Sharika at her absolute best has been unreal this season. She definitely occasionally has races that it's quite obvious that she's working through something, whether oh, that's... Well, yeah, I mean, she's very open about the fact that she's, like, working out through some of these races. And it must be really nice that, like, these 100 women get appearance fees to show up and she's it, it, she's getting paid to work out. It's really nice. Well, if you can put ass in seats, then they'll pay you to do it. But, yeah. um, look, I think if everyone's at their absolute best, that Shelly Ann waits, right? Like, and... What does that mean? Like she's in crunch time right now. Is it her absolute best that we've ever seen from her? Probably not. But Shelly Ann at, you know, 85% is generally better than 100% of people. I also think it's blasphemous to just doubt her like at a championship setting. And and the fact that she's also going all in on the 100 makes this very reminiscent of 2019 where it was like, yeah, she'd qualified for the 200, but she's like, no, I'm going for the 100. So this would be gold medal number six for her at the world championships. If, if the only goal is not to piss people off, then you should just always say Shelly Ann is going to yeah. win. Um, but look, it's a long NCAA season, but Julian Alfred who has raced like 40 times or something crazy this year has just developed that last 40. I think that we've known her to be a great starter. We've seen that indoors and what she's accomplished in the 60, but throughout the course of the season, like her ability to close has only gotten better and better. We've seen her turn into a really strong 200 meter runner this year. The only question is since NCAA blaze, has she had enough time to freshen up a little bit and get that pop in her legs? And then, of course, I mean, we it's sort of like you just have to mention Dina Asher Smith because she does come around at World Championships and Olympics. But, um, yeah, once again, all these storylines converging in Budapest is going to make for a thrilling three rounds of the women's hundred. Flipping over to the men's side, it's somewhat similar. I think we beg- we started off the season thinking like, all right, Fred Curley looks unstoppable. And then... You know, at USA's, he didn't look his best, obviously didn't run the 100, instead opted for a 200, didn't make the team there. And so he, you could still kind of, if he's, if, if Fred is healthy, he's the odds on favorite. But then right behind him, you've just got a slew of guys and no one has run crazy fast this year. So that has put the likes of Zarnell Hughes, Fernandino Mignola, and even someone like Noah Lyles, all in the mix, guys who have never won a global championship medal in this event potentially have a chance at gold now i think christian coleman is being a little slept on he's 2019 world champion got left off of the medal sweep last year uh runner up at the u.s championship so again this one it's like if fred i think we'll know pretty early on if fred is healthy then he's the guy to watch I would say that I was fully on board with the Christian Coleman pick and train 
but at that Murphy classic, like he ran 10.03, got beat by a couple of guys. And like, obviously you're training through that at that point. You're not even traveling very far to go make that happen. But I, I was just kind of expecting the trajectory to that he'd be able to run like nine, eight in his sleep at this point, but uh, maybe fresh legs. He can definitely surprise. I feel like there's two things is like, is Fred healthy? And like, if he's at his best, I don't think anyone in this field is beating him unless Zarnell Hughes writes something down in his notebook that morning. And if Zarnell just, it's like, pick a lower number, just say like nine, five. And I think you'll do it. Apparently like that's how things work. So um, Noah has been bold enough to put out nine, six out there, which it's like, that's a huge jump for him unless he's mastered this start in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, coach Lance Brahman has finally kind of let him loose. Then, you know, Noah's also kind of in the mix there. I did see uh, a clip on, on Twitter of just kind of the discussion around and, and what's his name? Uh, Marcel Jacobs posting this video the other day of just him in, in practice and he's looking fast. Could he also kind of reemerge into the conversation? He looked awful at the Paris Diamond League and was way behind everyone else. But if this is an instance where it's a slow year for the men's hundred, he could come back and steal it. I mean, we weren't talking about him two years ago at this point before the championship. So if we're not talking about him again, maybe that's a good sign. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think that this race does open it up to a new champion, someone who's never even maybe been on the podium. Uh, A couple names to watch is of course, like the U S champion Cravant Charleston, there were rumors that he got like a little beat up or something during relay camp, but I think he's all systems go from what we hear. No, nothing official has ever come out about that. There's no posts on Instagram. These are just whispers that were happening. But someone like Cravant just showed up at USA's and no one besides myself uh, I picked him. So, uh, you know, he's a, a great potential. Fernand Amanyala, I mean... He's due. Your boy, your boy. Um, he has run nine, eight, four legally this year. And he's run nine, seven faster at, uh, with some wind at his back, I believe. And so, you know, he didn't get a fair shake of things last year at worlds is his visa all squared away for Budapest. Let's sounds like it. Yeah. Well, also on top of that, I loved how weeks ago on the podcast, you kind of, you know, phrased it as like, it's what can he do in the playoffs, right? Like he's been great all regular season, but it's all about putting it together in the playoffs. And so that's where, you know, Omanyala could become the first African to win a medal in the hundred, which would be really cool and historic. And all then right, we, sh- one, we have to just say Akane Sambin's name because he's, he's coming off that win against many of the guys who we're already talking about. So, um, you know, when, in Celestia, it was only a nine nine seven. Like, you know, I don't want to get too obsessed with time, but not that fast. One, he beat the guys that mattered. He had a perfect lean against Fred. So if we're gonna say Fred is a potential favorite to win the gold, we gotta say some beat's name as well. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears over to the women's two hundred, which uh in this one. Sharika Jackson is the world champion and comes into this one with the second fastest time in the world because U.S. champion Gabby Thomas ran 21.6. 
uh, to win the U.S. title. I think this one's setting up to be Sharika versus Gabby, and like we were teased with a little bit of a preview of that in Monaco, but uh, Gabby was coming off of the travel, and it was a pretty bad race, and then Sharika you know, just kind of was, was working out through it, but still came out with the win. Um, but again, this is another one where sort of don't sleep on Julian Alfred. She's had a really long collegiate season, but she's run 21 91, uh, earlier in the season. And then, you know, Shakari Richardson potential metal threat in the 200. I don't think we would have said that, you know, 12 months ago, but here we are. So, uh, you know, I think this one for sure is, a good USA versus Jamaica battle up in the front with Gabby Thomas versus Sharika Jackson. Did you see the TikTok of Gabby Thomas sitting on the plane? Uh, she's like in first class, I think, you know, sipping on something. And uh, it said hopping on the first flight home after running a terrible race when the world was expecting another lead. Uh, I mean, the difference between what we saw of Gabby at USA's versus Monaco running over a second, full second slower I don't think like that much changes in 12 days. So I'm going to, I'm going to just chalk it up as a, uh, you know, an anomaly. I still think that this is, as you said, it's Sharika versus Gabby. And I would be surprised if I guess I was just talking about that her finish had improved, but I would be surprised if Alfred's uh, was there with 20 meters to go. I would be surprised if she carries there with 20 meters to go. I really just think it's Thomas versus Jackson on this one. And last year, Sharika Jackson ran twenty one forty five to to win this one. So, I, if if the best of Sharika Jackson comes out again, then I mean we're going to get even closer to uh, that world record. But uh, yeah, I mean I think it's it's a great story overall for Gabby Thomas, who missed last year's world championships with a hamstring injury and now has come back even better uh, than what we saw from her at the 2021 Olympics. So, uh, no, I'm very excited for this one. Are you leaning one way or the other between Sharika or Gabby? I feel like we we should be just good patriots and, and root for, for Gabby in this one. Yeah, I mean... I would, I'm rooting for Gabby. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say I'm throwing down like large sums of money on the win. Um, but you know what? Like Sharika last year ran 2155 at the Jamaican National Champs before coming out and running 2155. This year, she ran her season's best is 2171. Um, you know, like she's right in it. Yeah. And the question is whether or not. If she comes out and she runs another 21-4, 21-5, if we're seeing uh, Gabby, who is in Monaco, or Gabby, who's at Hayward. All right. Let's – the men's 200. This one is the Noel Lyles show as to just how fast can he go. He ran 19-47 at the London Diamond League to kind of just, like, close out his first half of the season before it was really time to – get into championship mode. And so uh, right behind him, let's see, late to Bogo was 19 five. And it's those two guys uh, who are head and shoulders above everyone else. We haven't seen, you know, anything faster than 197 for, from Arian Knighton, who was the bronze medalist last year. And then Kenny Bednarik, who was the silver medalist last year, hasn't run any faster than 198. So 
this one, uh, you know, NBC is leaning into like Noah Lyles and breaking, you know, chasing Usain Bolt's world record. He's putting it out there. I think he wants to run. What was it? 1919 is or something like that. Something 1910 is what he said. 1910 is what he posted on, uh, on his Instagram. Um, again, if Noah Lyles has, you know, perfected the start, he has he runs the curve as hard as he did last year that's when the race was basically over and it was all his to you know basically he could have jogged it in but instead breaks the american record i do think we have the potential for him to dip under 193 now how how far under 193 i don't know so i caitlin and i had a conversation with him last friday and he's He's very public about it. He's like, he thinks he's in better shape than he was last year. And I think we're going to see what exactly that means in Budapest. I think now because Tobogo kind of challenged him in London, and I don't think it was like a true challenge. At no point during that race did it look like Noah was going to lose. But now it like there is this slight lingering question of doubt of like, can he compete? I but Here's the thing is I do fully think Noah can run under 19-3. And it, I well, if he gets a 1-8 wind or something, I think he could break the world record. People forget that Bolt ran into, technically ran into a headwind. 19-19. Yeah. So like I, and even Bolt has acknowledged, like that's a weaker record of the two. So I do think Noah can do it. The question is like, can Tobogo do it like can is there a world in which tobogo runs 1928 or something if he gets a good wind i don't know like he's a raw talent he's only a red shirt freshman at oregon um but we're finally like that's the mission <laughs> we're on we're going to get our answer so what happened with the oregon commitment it's like no follow-up no follow-up that's it <laughs> um i mean look i i don't see noah losing on this one uh Rooting for him. And the thing that I'm hoping for is that Arian is, you know, the best of Arian that we've seen. I think there was this idea that he's out of high school, now full-time training like a pro, and immediately he's going to, like, take off to a whole new level. It's an adjustment ha- period. It's definitely uh, – you go from, like, not lifting weights, sitting in math class, to all of a sudden, you know, probably taking on twice the workload that he had previously – I'm sure the roadmap is not about how do we run the fastest possible at the 2023 world champs, but how do we make it happen in 2024? Um, I'm sure he's backed off a bit here the last month and we're going to see some fresh legs. I don't think he, you know, challenges Noah this year, like he did at points last year, but hopefully we get two Americans on that podium. Yeah. All right. Shifting gears and moving on up to the women's 400. This one lost like a lot of the intrigue around it when Sydney McLaughlin Lebroni pulls out. She had the fastest time in the world, 4874. Um, and now it's sort of Mar Lady Paulino from the Dominican Republic's medal to lose. She ran 4898 um at the LA Grand Prix and then beat. McLaughlin Lavroni in Paris. The fastest, the next fastest person coming into this one is Britton Wilson, who ran 49.13 back in May, but again, didn't look to be a hundred percent at the US championships, was a bit banged up. So the US didn't even put any women in the 400 final last year. This 
this time around, I feel like they have an outside chance at the medals with uh, Britton Wilson and last year's U.S. champion uh, Talitha Diggs. But uh, again, like this is a whole new crop of stars. Shawnee Miller Weibo is entered, but she's only four months, you know, postpartum. So, like, I don't necessarily know if we're going like how fast she's going to be going. So, this one's like it's pa- Paulina's medal to lose, and then behind her some new faces where like you could throw, you know, Rashidat Adelike from uh, Ireland who, you know, just uh, turned pro from the university of Texas, the NCAA champion. You've also got the 2019 uh, world champion. Who's kind of flying under the radar here with Salwa Eden Nasser, who uh, served a whereabouts suspension, but you know, has been putting together a pretty strong year. So yeah, I, I, you know, Paulino's, an amazing athlete, but I wanted the showdown against Sydney. I mean, everyone wanted Sydney, right? Like this was the, on the precipice of an American record. I don't know if she was going 47, six to break Marita Koch's record, but we could, have. we, we were definitely <clears throat> setting up for something special. So, I mean, everyone's upset about this. No one's happy. Um, but what's interesting now is what on paper looked like an incredibly deep event with like 11 women going under 50 seconds this year. Suddenly, I mean, you just kind of go through the list. It's like a number of these women aren't even racing. Yeah. Gabby Thomas, all. like I, I wish kind of like the schedule was more flexible so that you could see more 200, 400 doubles. But no, I like this time around, like half of these people who had broken uh 50 aren't contesting the event if i had to uh, like throw some money down i mean polino just was third in poland is it crazy to suggest that natalia kasmarek who just keeps getting better is very much in the hunt here you like look i think firing on all cylinders with sydney out Britton wilson is you know probably the favorite um i guess Rashdi Adelike might disagree on that one. I will say, just so you know, uh, everyone in Ireland is fully on board. Like people who are not runners or track fans were asking me about her. Like, so does she actually have a chance? Can she medal? Can she medal? Like, they are fully fired up and on board uh, with what she is doing. So she definitely does. She definitely has a chance to win. Polino does not have this unlock. And I think that is the shifting narrative. Now that Sydney, it's like, all right, next man up or woman up. It's like Paulino's turn. It is certainly not guaranteed here. She's we've seen that she can be beaten. Um, So very, very wide open. And I, I, I do like Kazmarek just with how, well like she ran in poland maybe that was just home field you know who knows yeah who gets yeah, no one there's no hungarian uh 400 meter runner here to really kind of feed off of the crowd um yeah uh all Do right, you have a pick are you gonna put a pick on the board or no i'm going no we haven't fully done yeah safe yeah i'm going paulino I'd i'm putting it that. safer i was impressed in in uh in los angeles and you know she isn't afraid of anybody famously from the really short interview that I did with her. Maybe I'll practice a little bit more Spanish in Budapest this time around and get another interview. But um, I'm leaning Paulino in this one. But I do think, you know, one of the younger Americans, whether that's Britain or uh, Talitha comes away with a medal. 
bronze potentially, but that's a good, that's, that's good. I mean, they're both what 20 and 21 years old or something like that. Um, yeah. All right. Men's 400. This one is like two phenomenal comeback stories. We had Steven Gardner who missed last year's world champion, uh, ships from, uh, the Bahamas, uh, due to a hip injury is back and he's running, you know, better than ever. And then you've got Wade Van Niekirk who famously, I think what tore his ACL or something like that, uh, back at, in 2018 or something like that. But, you know, now he's, he's not close to the world record, but, uh, he's been, he's been stringing together really strong races at the diamond league, something that he'd avoided for a couple years. So, you know, uh, it looks on paper to be Gardner versus Van Niekirk. Michael Norman does not look anything like himself from last year. I was going to uh, say, like, who's the best comeback? You know, is it Wade Van Niekirk or is it Michael Norman, who it, told us he was going to become a 100-meter runner? I would say that didn't work out this year. Yeah, I mean, no. he did have one fast 100 last year or two years ago, and that kind of gave us all some false hope that he could make. The- he didn't make it out of the heats. At USA's. So, I mean, now maybe he's just been over distance training and he's set for the 400, but change coaches. How in the middle of the season, which was, I think, a little concerning to people. So we went from being like, obviously, the defending champion and to suddenly potentially the best comeback story of the bunch. I mean, I don't think he got injured playing rugby or anything, but uh, it would be a nice comeback story for him as well. Not just Wade, but. Look, Stephen Gardner just wins. It's really interesting that like the fast who I don't know if you have the stats in front of you. Do you know who the fastest American at 400 meters is this year? Uh, Rye. Yeah, it's Rye. From his Rye. opener. Was it his opener? He ran it like once in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. So it's like the U.S. has had kind of a little bit of a down year in the 400. But again, like a good time for, you know, someone to really make a name for themselves ahead of the Olympics. But it was fun. it was interesting because, like, I think like what, two months ago, we were ready to, like, m- you know, make Wade Van Eekirk like the gold medal favorite. And then Stephen Gardner reminds us who he is by running forty three seventy four uh back in Poland in, in, on July 18th. So. Uh, I like that we're going to see Gardner versus Van Niekirk. It's been a while since the two have, you know, faced off. And I think, what was it, like, Gardner's winning streak, I think, started. Yeah, he lost to Wade at Worlds in 2017. Mm -hmm. And since then, has not lost a 400. He did drop out of one or two, but... And I don't think I think that was like injuries. I don't think that's like I'm about to lose. Let me step off the track to keep this streak alive. I'm sure uh, he doesn't care that much about the streak. <laughs> but Stephen just always finds a way to win. I feel like he has such a good concept of how far around the track is, and is it's just he measures it perfectly at 400 meters on the dot. Fuel is out. All right. I feel like you're leaning Stephen Gardner. I'm. I'm okay with leaning towards Wade Van Niekirk so we can have, you know, that uh, head to head. Um, All right, let's move to the hurdles, the men's 110 hurdles. Uh, Grant Holloway going for three straight uh, world championship uh, gold medals now. So I think like the one blip on his resume is obviously like the Tokyo Olympics, but uh, he 
is, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think you have to make Grant the favorite in this one. Who's next up would be the only blemish on his record was when he lost to Rashid Broadbell, right? Yeah, I mean, Rashid Broadbell is coming in with the fastest time of the year. I would say, you know, we didn't get to see Grant at USA's in the final, which is, you know, pr- protect. I don't know what that is. I don't don't show your cards, protect the ego. But Daniel Roberts, if it's not going to be Grant, Daniel Robert. I mean, now. Do you think Cordell Tinch has had like too long of a season? No, I just think first time at the championships, you know, Cordell hasn't even raced guys of this level during the regular season or ever before. Like this is all totally brand new to him. I think it's going to be a great experience for him uh, leaning into the Olympic year. But I don't know if you go from not even like ever racing. But wasn't that Grant? Wasn't that Grant years ago? Yeah, but he was at least like racing D1 guys. Like Cordell was racing the clock all season. So, um, look, I Grant is the favorite on paper for sure, but I am not sleeping on Daniel Roberts. I don't know how you could at this point. Daniel Roberts ran 13-1 at the New York City Grand Prix. That's his, he's number four in the world. Um, I feel like just over the last couple of years, totally slept on, on the U S side of things. Cause it's been like Grant Holloway and then Devin Allen, you know, also capturing the headlines and the headlines, but Daniel Roberts is just kind of totally flown under the radar. Um, and this could be, you know, his moment, 2023 U S champion. Um, it'd be nice. Uh, I, one guy that I am rooting for, for sure is Shunsuke Izumaya, the Japanese national champ. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just always love rooting for athletes from countries where, like, you're traditionally not involved in the, yeah. in, like, I mean, you remember Japan in the 4 by 100 a few years ago. Like, it's really fun to root for uh, Julian Yego, uh in the javelin, right? Yeah, like, yeah. How, how fun is that to, to Julia, sorry, uh, to come out and compete in a non-traditional Kenyan event. Uh, so rooting for him, he's done well. He won a diamond league race earlier this season. He was second in London. So he's beaten these guys, some of these guys before. Uh, so rooting, rooting for him. I know Japan you, would go wild if that. Well, yeah. I mean, could you imagine if like he wins and then goes into what next worlds is in Japan, 2020, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Flipping gears here to the women's hundred hurdles. This one's like, we're waiting on some big news to kind of decide which way this event can go because Toby Amasan has been phenomenal the last two seasons. Uh, One gold last year uh, ran 1206 wind aided in, uh, in the final, but ran the world record of 1212 in the semifinals. But then coming into this provisionally suspended by the AIU for some whereabouts failures, um, super unfortunate, uh, but now kind of has made it wide open for the likes of the Olympic champion, Jasmine Camacho Quinn or us champion, Nia Ali, who comes into this one, I believe with the fastest time in the world, uh, this year, Kenny Harrison looking to rebound as well. So uh, Amazon kind of changes things a bit. She got off to a really slow start to the season. uh, But once it was July, kicked it into another gear. So 
I I feel like her competitors are also kind of waiting to see if if she'll she'll be on the starting line and we won't find out I guess until you know maybe in the next day or two but uh some question marks in the women's hundred hurdles right now it's got to be weird as a competitor when the world record holder just is eliminated like whether that's in the 400 for Sydney or in this case with Toby when you're just like all season long thinking like how am I going to beat her how am I going to beat her and then right before it's like actually you might not have to race her at all yeah Jasmine Camacho Quinn is undefeated though too I think like we're starting we're seeing a little bit more of that form that she was in as the Olympic champion Nia Ali you know has the world lead with 1230 I believe that was from from Monaco uh phenomenal story there yeah I mean this one that's the women's hundred hurdles it's just like every year you're gonna have some shuffling of the top six names yeah and Jasmine Camacho Quinn has been consistently good not just winning like she's been running fast earlier in the season granted it was with an illegal win she ran 12 17 that was and, hilarious her facial reaction was was priceless well but like i don't know i'm the distance runner but sprinters often talk about like if you do something in the wind first it's kind of like you teach your body that it's capable of doing it and it's possible to replicate so and the hurdles too is such a rhythm race in which your timing has to be so perfect so that the fact that she was even with a legal helpful wind able to run that fast to me, that just does indicate that she's capable of getting back somewhere close in that 12 2 range, which I don't know, like that, that wins, right? Yeah. I, this one was ruthless at the U S championships. I feel like the U S always comes into this one, like hoping that there's a chance of sweeping the medals. I think Jasmine Camacho Quinn, you know, I guess do you, if you, it's how you feel about Puerto Rico kind of also if we would count it uh, towards the sweep, but we got to, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, but we can't just like make them part of the sweep when it's convenient for us. Chris. <laughs> like they're, they're competing under well, that's a, a different that's flag what the Jamaicans here. do with a hundred when they were like, all right, Dina, you're adopted for, and, and they're celebrating. It's another sweep. That's yeah. So, so maybe we can do the same thing, but um. Yeah, I mean, like the, that's just been like the last six years of like the women's 100 hurdles. It's just like there's you could shuffle the names and pick three out of a hat and that's your podium each time out and just like play that game over and over again. Um. All right. Moving over to the 400 hurdles. I thought this one was like, you know, Carson Warholm has kind of returned to form after being injured last year answers this one with the world leading time of 4651 which you know that's right up there with with his world record rye benjamin has had a little bit of a slower start to his season did end up winning uh the u.s championships allison DeSantos, who we thought wasn't even going to run at all this year is still you know also the fifth fastest man in the world Rye ran 46-62, I just looked that up, from to win the U.S. championship, which even that like kind of felt like a little bit of a shock to him. So, you know, I there's to replicate the feelings of that 2021 Olympic race, like it's it's really hard, and, and that's one of the greatest races of all time. But it's setting up for those big three to go head-to-head again this time around. And I think Carson's the favorite, but you have to wonder what Rye has up his sleeve because he took so much time off between like his first two races of the season. And then when he did 
pop the 4662 at USA's. I, I, so first off, coming off of the injury, Dos Santos is getting better and better, but there's just not enough time. There's too much distance between him and Carson at Monaco. You're not going to close that gap. No. So I, I do think that if anyone is going to beat Warholm, it is obviously Rye in this situation. And Rye, I feel like we've heard this thing multiple times where he's like, yeah, I just haven't been jumping over hurdles. Like, I, I feel like I, we've heard he's that. From games. Different, yeah. Like, and I bet Rye knows right now, depending on how things have gone the last month, he chose not to go to Monaco. We don't know why, uh, whether that's a health thing, the money, don't want to show your cards, whatever it is. He chose not to go to Monaco, stayed home, trained. I bet you Rye knows right now if he's going to break 46 or not. Like, like, and that's what I think it's going to take. I think that's where Warholm is going, right? Like, yeah, Carson is as good as he's ever been. Is Rye's PR from Tokyo. So Carson's as good as he's ever been during the regular season. So there's no reason to doubt his ability to get back in that 46 flat or under range. And I think if Rye has had a really healthy month that he could possibly be there as well. I mean, again, like the odds makers are going to love Warholm on this one. And so you put the money on Rye. I mean, Rye's from Mount Vernon. So I'm just, I'm biased. I'm biased. I mean, it was just like, the best sort of progression you could look at, like in terms of just like not showing her cards until it really matters that, you know, he started off the season 47, 74 at Mount Sac and then ran 49 in the first round of the, of USA's again, of course, like at that point, when you're that talented, you're jogging across the finish line, 48.2 semifinal. And then at 46.62 happens in the final and everyone's like, Oh, this is the rye from 2021 that we saw. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, you, second fastest time behind that 46-17 from the Tokyo Olympics. So things are going in the right direction for Rye Benjamin. Here, uh, here's how Karsten loses. It's if he does what he did during European indoors. When he went out in 20.8 for the first 200, he held on. Granted, it was European 400 indoors and not the world championship hurdles. But if he goes for it, if he's if he's in his head, he's like, I'm going for the world record and does something too aggressive the first 200, then Rye I think that's, it up. I think that's where Rye cleans it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, like, obviously people have seen at this point that, you know, there's cameras following the sprinters. This is the one event that I feel like is like would I would love the cameras because it's, you know, guys with two vastly different approaches where it's like Rye traditional sort of through the NCA system and, and, you know, staying out in California and you've got the mad scientist that is Carson Warholm and then Dos Santos comes out of nowhere as well. I mean, I love this event, so I can't wait for, for how this one shakes out at this. I mean, again, we're good Patriots. We're going to root for Rye Benjamin, although Carson has been, has been great to Sidious as well. Um, So we'll save our predictions for, uh, till we're in Budapest. Um, all right, women's 400 hurdles, Femke Bowles race to lose. I mean, right? Like second fastest woman of all time, ran uh, 51.45, has eight straight wins. Uh, if, again, kind of if you're placing odds on things, like maybe the heaviest favorite going into an event behind like someone like Ryan Krauser. Yeah, it's always scary saying that someone is a favorite in the 400 hurdles because it's so easy to clip a hurdle. Um, although look, 
I'll say it since no one else will. The women's 400 hurdles is a little low. It's probably too late in the event's history to raise that thing up a few inches. Femke's like six feet tall. They're very low hurdles. So I think she's going to be okay in getting over them. Uh, 51.45 earlier at London because she nailed the 15 steps, which is what Sydney did to essentially revolutionize the entire event, right? Like yeah, the ability. She told McCarthy, I think, in the mix, and then like she's playing around with and like changed things up this year and it's working. Yeah. And so Sydney, that's how Sydney got to where she got uh, the ability to switch legs. You know, that's the difference between 14 and 15 steps. I was just saying Femka's taller than Sydney. Like if Sydney can do it, Femka can do it. And she finally figured it out, did it in London, ran 51.45. Look, she's going to win. I don't know if I would say she's going to run 50.68, but she's going to get closer. I think so too. 51.45 is not her upper limit. And I think with 50 meters to go, we're all going to be like measuring how much time is left. And then, you know, I, I don't think she'll get it, but it's going to be scary. Do you think like if Femka breaks it, does that incentivize Sydney to go back to the 400 hurdles for the Tokyo for the Paris Olympics? Or would you stick to, you know, all right, I'm going to be a 400 runner like 400 is like obviously like the more popular event. And it seems like that's the way that they were transitioning her this year but it's sort of like this is your now like the best event that you that you mastered last year now someone's got their name at the top of that list yeah i mean i i don't know what the formula is for this one i'll have to read the la times (laughs) (laughs) all right um so yeah this one's like heavy favorite femke bowl um but then behind her like you've got a bunch of question marks you've got the little muhammad rounding into shape shamir little you know who has medaled at the in world championships before um you've got a pair of jamaicans in uh, uh geneve russell and rochelle clayton also in the mix as well so uh you know an interesting race behind femke but we're all going to be watching Femka and counting down the seconds, I think, towards the end. I yeah, I do think it's Femka versus the clock in this one. Um, and then in the relays, like this one is where who knows? <laughs> yeah, and who knows with the handoffs? Uh, you've got the mixed relays on the first Friday, then Saturdays, the four by ones and the four by fours. I mean, the we're we're hearing drama rumors about what's going on at relay camps, and then like Jamaica's got some question marks with like, is Elaine Thompson healthy because she didn't qualify in an individual event? So um, yeah, I mean, like these could end up being fairly interesting uh as well. I don't see how the US loses the four hundred, the four by four. I feel like those are both so on lock here. And then the four by one, it is just always a question of like, can you get the stick around? Yeah. Uh, all right. So that does it for our sprints preview. Sidious Mag will be going live at the conclusion of every day of action to uh, recap all of the action. Champs Chats is back. We're going to be doing a daily podcast during the World Championships. We're also going to be doing our daily talk show, Sidious Mag Live will be taking place, I believe, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So brew yourself some coffee, turn on the City's Mag YouTube channel, and watch as we kick back and interview some of the biggest stars in the sport, some you know notable personalities who are in town for the World Championships. It's going to be a jam-packed nine days of action in Budapest. So stay tuned to CityusMag.com. Follow us along on the City's Mag Instagram and Twitter. 
uh, for all the updates. I love track and field, and oh, man, we've got over a week's worth of the best track and field. It's a long nine days, but it's a good one. <laughs>